Hello, everybody. Welcome to Shane's Brilliant Podcast, the number one podcast in Ireland. And that's not just according to me, of course. <laughs> I wouldn't just say that without any proof or anything. That is, of course, voted for by this month. And you can actually go into the shops to Easton's, to some news agent near you in Ireland, and you can pick up a copy of Ireland's of Irish Home and Garden magazine. And we have been voted for in that magazine by the readers as the best number one podcast in Ireland. That is Ireland Home and Garden magazine. And I am thrilled. And thanks to them and thanks to their readers for voting me the best number one podcast in the Republic of Ireland and probably Northern Ireland too. Who's to say they're both different countries, not me. And, you know, big shout out to them. Thanks to all the gardeners and all the MILFs who voted for me. Big fan of both of you. And thanks to you, listener, for tuning in this week. How are you getting on? What's happening in your world? Did you have a good weekend? I'll tell you about my weekend later. But for the moment, I want to be transparent with you. I want to be truth. I want to I want to be honest with you. It's so fucking hot. Okay, because transparency is my middle name. Well, actually, <laughs> now that I think of it, do you know what my middle name is? And not a lot of people know this. Only a certain amount of people know this. My middle name is... Shane, all right? My middle name is Shane. My first name is Patrick, Patrick Shane. You might be going, what the fuck? Your mind is blown. I know, I'm sorry. Trust me, it's been a pain in my my life. There was some sort of tradition in Ireland. I don't know if it's still there, but it was the sort of tradition where the fucking parents would put your birth certain name your, or your name and the birth cert when you were christened, they'd put your name second and they'd give you another name that you're not called by first. So I'm Patrick Shane. I know someone that's called Timothy Gerrard, but he goes by Gerrard since birth. And it's not just something that's... See, that's something that you wouldn't even think of, but that has caused me so much pain in my life. <laughs> like everything. That has caused me misery. Imagine going to school. Everybody in babies or second, first class. Alan Connor, here. Billy Driscoll, here. Patrick Clifford. Patrick Clifford. Sorry, my name is Shane. What? Why it says here Patrick? And then you have to explain it. And you're only six. You don't know what's happening. The teachers are looking at you like you're a little freak. Your classmates are going, your name is Patrick. Your name is Patrick. Your name's not Shane. I remember I sat down with my mother. I said, Mom, this is a few years ago. I said, why did you fucking do this? This has caused me nothing but sorrow on my life. Going for a bank, opening an account. I'm in the bank, I'm known as Patrick. My passport, I'm Patrick. I go to fuck, I have jobs. You have to use your name on your birth cert for pay reasons because of tax and all that. There are people who I've worked with who know me as Patrick all my fucking life. And so I have two different identities. Patrick and Shane. It's a strange situation to be in. And I I pity any person who has gone through it. And if you're thinking of calling your son or your daughter like Mary, Kate, but calling her Kate, don't do it. You might think it's innocuous, but it, it causes nothing but misery in their life. <laughs> I wonder if you took did a study of all the people who have two names, right? 
the first name and the middle name, but, are, but go by their middle name and tested them against the general population for stress, heart attacks, ulcers. I wonder would there be a correlation? Probably not. But let me tell you, it just adds a little bit extra of pain to the, the life of the child that is not needed. So to any parents who are thinking of doing that, do not do that, please. I'm, I'm, I'm someone who's gone through it and still goes through it. <laughs> anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, I was going to be transparent. I went off on one there about the name. Sorry, but that's a very emotive fucking thing in my life. That's a, it's something that just touched a nerve with me. What was I going to say? Oh yeah, I um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be open, transparent. Shane is my middle name, and I am recording this podcast in my sitting room. Topless, topless, tops off. And I just said to let you know that my skin of my 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 torso is touching the pleather of my couch because it's so fucking hot. And you can, if you want, you can just imagine me in a t-shirt. It's up to you. It's a it's an audio audio medium. But I am roasting. It's too hot, man. And it's twenty degrees. And I'm I know I have listeners in Texas, and they're listening to this. <laughs> And I've gotten messages going, we live in Texas, man. We'd fucking kill for 20 degrees. We'd actually kill, murder for 20 degrees. We're like up to 40 degrees. And do you know what I say to them? Leave me alone. Leave me complain. It's my right as a fucking man in Ireland in his mid-30s to complain about everything. (laughs) This is all we have. Don't you understand? Now you might say, Shane, why don't you just fucking open the window, man? But I can't, can I? I'm sitting in my fucking living room, Wednesday evening. If I open the window, the whole Portobello will be able to hear me shouting about purple snacks. And they don't know I'm recording a podcast. My neighbours, they don't know I'm recording a podcast. They'll think, that poor girl, he screams at her every Wednesday night (laughs) about fucking chocolate biscuits. When in fact, I'm actually screaming alone about chocolate biscuits, which is much more normal. So I can't open the window. But anyway, listen, um, speaking of being 35 years old, went for my vaccine on Monday in the Aviva, the Aviva Stadium. And I'll tell you, it was a harrowing experience. Not because of the vaccine itself, the Pfizer. And some of you are probably going, you fucking... You fucking what? You got a fucking vaccine? You fucking bleed need ya. They're trying to control ya. Or whatever you, you say. But the harrowing thing of it was seeing my fellow mid-30s compatriots. Because we're all the same age. Because it goes by age. And seeing a big, seeing like a hundred of us at the same time. It was a harrowing sight. And I looked around at these people and... I thought to myself, do I look like them? <laughs> Is this what I look like in my mid-thirties? Like these people? If I saw a young person walk past, I wanted to go, oh, wait, wait, hey, can I come with you? <laughs> I don't want to be with these people. Some of them, you could tell the difference between the fellas and the ladies who had children, I think, versus the fellas and ladies who didn't. You could see people who had given up on life. (laughs) 
by the age 35, which I think is generally a good time for people to give up. You know, where they just say, fuck it. I'm not trying to impress anyone anymore. Because in my head, I am always around 24. I never grew up past 24 in my head. You know, when I think of myself, like in the mirror, if I think of myself now, I'm a young, thin 24-year-old. When in reality, I'm almost 10 years older than that. And I'm not young and thin. <laughs> so seeing all of us together, it was a bit of a harrowing experience. Like I I wanted to actually, I felt an urge to look at all of us standing in the queue. Like there's a hundred of us at Aviva, Danny Brick Dublin 4. And I wanted us, I wanted to go like this. Lads! Come on! Look at us! Look at the state of us! We can do better than this, lads. (laughs) I wanted to just inspire us to fucking pick ourselves up again. Because we looked like, we looked, we all looked so depressed. We must, when you hit 35, it's, you're neither here nor there, you know? You're neither young and, uh, you know, full of life. Or you're neither fucking old and wise. You're just nothing. If you're a younger man, if you're like 22 or something, you're listening to this, just just be prepared. <laughs> Fucking hell, we looked bad. And like I said, some of us looked like we wore other, better than others. Some of us looked young and healthy, but you can tell just by the dead eyes that it was all a facade. It was all a sham. Because even if you think about it in terms of like sports, people who are 35, we're done. You know what I mean? You're past your prime. Prime is gone. Prime is, you know, you're not Amazon Prime, man. You're fucking, you're fucking teletext. Do you know what I mean? You're old, you're obsolete when you get to my age. And it was a, it was a really, um, you could take, you could taste it in the air. It was just, an, uh, there was no life in the place. But there was a good view of the stadium of um of the Aviva Stadium. And I I wanted to go and burst through the barrier and run out into the pitch because we you could see the we were right next to the pitch. It would have been I mean it would have been stupid. I wouldn't have done it, but I want I had got an urge, and it reminded me of when I was a child. I used to play soccer right in my estate, and uh, I used to play nods and vads. Any of you remember nods and vads? But I remember it was the year Blackburn won the league, I think. And I was a United fan, but I wanted to, my parents, for my birthday, to get me a Premier League ball, a mitre Premier League ball. And I asked for one and they got me a mitre ball, but it wasn't a Premier League one. (laughs) It was a plain one, just plain, no Premier League markings on it, no pictures of the lion on it, nothing. And I remember my friends going, this isn't a fucking Premier League ball. And I was like, it is. Because my father said, this is, my father said, yeah, that's the Premier League one. But he said, this one's better. This one's more real. This is the real one. And I went out saying, that's, no, this is the real one. This is the real one they play with. <laughs> You're like, no, it's not. That's a shit ball, boy. And I remember I never brought out the ball again. But that's what I was reminded of. Then I went for the in- injection. They stuck it in my arm. And I couldn't look. One of the first times that's ever happened. I usually I'd be staring there because I'm a sociopath. But I had to look away. 
don't know why. Is that, that's another sign of getting older. You're scared of anything that hurts. But I got the vaccine. Fine. The last two days, man, I have been under the weather. Now, you know me. I'm going to be fucking under the weather even if I was on a plane. That's how fucking... <laughs> that's how fucking much of a... That's how sick I get. Always. Like, have I ever come on this podcast and gone... Hey guys, feeling great. <laughs> I don't think I ever have once in the last fucking year and a half. Maybe one of these days I will, but I was feeling a bit sick after it. That plus the medication stuff that I'm going through at the moment. I was feeling a bit sick, you know, the last couple of days. And then to top it all off inside in this tiny little fucking flat, the next door neighbor is doing renovations, as they call them in America, doing up the house, as they call it here. So there's fucking builders in there hammering from eight or from nine o'clock in the morning till seven in the evening for the last two days, man. And they're going to be there for for weeks. And I'm in this apartment feeling sick, feeling sorry for myself. And there's this sawing. I can't make a sawing noise. All right. That's my sawing noise. Um, but worse than that. Alright, that I could deal with all that. Worse than that. There's two things that are worse than that. First, I can hear them bantering through the wall. Hey, don't you know I'm trying to be miserable in here, you fox? <laughs> I'm sitting in here pretending I'm reading Dostoevsky. I don't want to hear no banter inside there. And it's very annoying when you're stuck in a tiny house and you can hear fellas, men next door having fun. And the other thing is I can hear in the mornings when they pull up in their van, the fucking lead builder or whatever they call it, I don't know how builder turns, he's, he plays rock music, not good rock music, like classic rock, like Bon Jovi and Brian Adams and ACDC. Shite. <laughs> All right. So he's playing that full blast right outside my window in the mornings for about 20 minutes waiting for everyone to show up. Bob Marley one time famously said he famously said music one thing about the good thing about music is when it hits you you feel no pain he never fucking heard Brian Adams then did he did you Bob Marley so I have that to contend with I've got the and then do you know what I'm thinking of to try and get him to stop because it is really constant (laughs) That's why this podcast is going out late. Because I had to wait for him to stop. I mean, I couldn't go out there and say, Hey guys, could you please stop uh, the hammering? Just keep it down a bit. I'm recording a podcast. I'd get beaten up by builders. And rightfully so. (laughs) Imagine if some builders beat me up. That would be fucking hilarious. But, you know, so I'm even, I'm asking Kira, will you go out and talk to them? (laughs) Will you lads, will you keep quiet? My boyfriend's trying to record a podcast. He sent me out. So I was thinking, what about, I was thinking of faking a baby. Hey guys, I've I've a new baby inside. Do you mind mind keeping it down? What are they going to do? They can't say no to a fake baby. No, you don't tell them it's a fake baby. That would be giving it away. (laughs) But I think you have the moral right to fake a baby in that situation. Hey guys, I have a baby, newborn baby, you know. I don't mean to be a prick, but I have a newborn baby in next door. Sorry, would you keep it down? Her mother's in there too, you know, she's not been able to sleep. Like that would be morally okay to do, I think. 
The only times you can fake a baby is in that situation and if you're trying to rip off welfare. <laughs> oh, that leads me to a story. This could be a bit too dark for the podcast. Listen, if, I might even take it out, but I'll tell you the story anyway. It's a true story. Maybe it got legs when it came to me, but it's about these two guys in Tralee, right? Maybe about 10 years ago. And I know of them. They're two really old guys. And I have to warn you, this story is a bit disgusting. Okay, so if you're not uh, sound stomach, then please or skip on. These two old guys, right, living in Tralee. Brothers. Now, there was a pungent smell of them, a stench, you could say. Now, I would usually never bring up the smell of a person, but I will say this, that the stench of the two brothers was so bad that in town they were known locally as the Smelly Brothers. And they lived together. There's a certain kind of old Irish family who never marry, but their brothers live together. You know, I think it happens everywhere around the country. For life. Our brothers and sisters live together for life. And they're always sort of families who are maybe have drinking problems or a bit insular. But they live together, right? With their father. Now, these brothers, they must have been in there. I mean, you couldn't put an age in them because they looked so fucked up. Do you know, they looked bad and they were wearing the same clothes for years. And, but I'd say they're in their late 60s. So their father must have been in his 80s at least. And the father, they used to go into a shop that I worked in buying alcohol pretty much every day. And that was it. Wouldn't buy much food. (laughs) Anyway, to cut a long story short, the two brothers were caught uh, defrauding the welfare by (laughs) taking their father's pension. Because I don't know how, but people noticed that the father wasn't around anymore. He wasn't showing up to places. So they were called up to the house one of the brothers answered the door and when they came into the house there was a smell and they're the smelly brothers anyway but this is a different kind of smell and when they went in they saw the father sitting in a chair and he had been dead for I don't know six or seven weeks just sitting in a chair in the sitting room and what the brothers were doing was they were going down collecting his pension from the bank while he was still dead spending it on drink so they were Buying his cash in his check or whatever, I don't know how he collect a pension, going to his bank or something, spending it on drink, coming home and drinking it with their dead father sitting in a chair across the way. They should have just faked the baby. But anyway, listen, that's a fucking grim story. Let's move on to more happier, um, happier things. This weekend, I went out with uh, Kira's parents. They came up, and uh, this is another reason I wasn't feeling too good. I went out with them on Saturday night. We went to a posh restaurant. I had to buy clothes. Kira was like, you can't come to this fucking restaurant dressed like that. You can't, Shane. I was like, what? Nobody, it doesn't matter. She was like, well, no, look at this restaurant. I'm trying to impress my parents by tricking them into thinking that we have a good life. <laughs> you know, so that's what we were doing, basically. Yeah, we, we love this restaurant. Never fucking even stepped foot in the door before. Be too ashamed to step foot in the doorway while it was raining. Because I'd feel so out of place. 
Anyway, went in there, drank fucking five espresso martinis, so I did. Which... I usually am morally against espresso martinis. Usually I'm against them on principle because espresso martinis are basically Irish whiskies for people who grew up with Sky TV. You know what I mean? Just fucking throw whiskey into a Maxwell house, you twat. That's what usually what I think. But when I was there in a posh restaurant trying to impress the parents, drink five. Kira drank five. Our mother drank five. Father drank five. Came to fucking 220 euro for the espressos. I swear to God, I nearly actually had to go into the bathroom to take a few breathers. You know what I mean? I nearly had to lie down on the fucking floor. Excuse me, I'm just going to lie on the floor. I hope you don't mind. Just saw the bill there. I'm just going to lie on the floor under the table for a while. Is that all right? Nobody, nobody minds if I just lie on the floor under the table. I just... Why, why, sir? What is it? Oh, I just saw the bill. Oh, yeah, that's fine. We understand. Happens often. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, so, I've been fucking dying for the hangover. Because you don't think you, that you're getting drunk when you drink them. You know what I mean? You think that you're just staying sober. But what it is, is the caffeine is giving you false soberness. And you're actually getting pissed. So, because I'm past my prime, I'm dying, basically. I have been hungover for fucking two days on top of the banging of the thing, on top of the the vaccine. So my life is currently terrible. And I hope that brings you joy somehow. <laughs> and last week I said I was starting, or thinking of starting couch to 5k. Did I start? Did I fucking? No, I didn't. I didn't start at all. I haven't fucking got off the couch in a week. Uh, and the last morning, Kira was going to work because I fucked up the door. I have to leave her out in the mornings. Remember I fucked up the door a few months back? I can't, I, I haven't fixed it since. So you can't lock, you can only lock it from, the, it's a fucking whole scene. So I have to get up to leave her out every morning. She goes to work at six. I, you know, I shouldn't complain because I get to go back to bed for a few hours. But got up at half six to leave her out. She went out, kissed her goodbye. On the way back into bed. This is a half six in the morning, man. I spies a big fucking half a fucking Bourneville up in the kitchen counter. One of the big bears. And I ate it all. Ate it all. Ate the half a big bear. Half six in the morning. Wasn't even having fun doing it. I was eating it going, this is not how I want to live my life. I was nearly in tears, man. From this fucking Bourneville. And the sad fact is, I ate the other half of it at about 12 o'clock the night before. So that's, that's how, that's what I'm up against. But anyway, I told you the espresso martini story, not to show off that I spent a lot of money or anything, you know what I mean? Um, but just to tell you that, be careful if you're drinking espresso martinis, because you forget that they cost fucking 12 euro a pop. You forget after two of them, you think you're fucking Howard Hughes, fucking Floyd Money Mayweather, bashing out the fucking cocktails. When you forget that you are Shane, Patrick Shane Clifford from Gallowsfield Shirley, until you get the bill. So just be careful, lads, if you're trying to impress your woman's parents. Um, Reminds me one time, (laughs) I was drawing the dole, and I went up to the fucking dole place or the post office this is years ago 
went handed in my dole card and waited for my 180 to come back and when they were you know she puts it through the machine and there's always that split second of uh oh it's taken a long time if you've ever drawn the dole you'll know what I mean well, what's going on here it's taken a few seconds longer than it should to go through and she said sorry there's not no nothing for you this week I'd forgotten to sign on and I was like my my stomach just went went upside down it was like during the matrix when everything goes slow motion bullet time it was like that in my stomach I went sorry she went yeah so you, did you sign on and I, was, I can't remember and she and I'll never forget that woman's fucking face she just smiled at me she smiled at me and she said this you'll be on beans and toast for the week I'd say and I never hated someone so much in my entire life pure hate <laughs> pure you know in Star Wars when it's like feel the hate it brings you power I would have gone in that moment to the complete dark side I would have been Dark Vader or whatever the fuck he is I hated that woman so much <laughs> and I'll go one further I still hate her now Um, drawing the dole is never I mean it's alright I mean it's fine you know at the start I remember thinking oh god the shame of it uh, but after a while you just get used to it it's like anything and sometimes you kind of go I found myself doing this in a dole queue because I was on the dole for quite a while in my 20s I found myself doing this seeing a fella who I know on the dole queue signing on from school who was maybe a bit posh maybe did well in his exams and going like this <laughs> my man's on the dole <laughs> without fucking and then going oh wait so am I uh. so anyway did you watch the sports the weekend I suppose I'd be uh, a better talk about it first of all let's go into I watched the clip I watched the highlights of Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier or however you say his name now I don't like WWF fighting whatever the fuck it is wwf is wrestling isn't it world wrestling uh freaks or whatever and this one is mma i don't know i don't i don't know anyway watched it first of all he was getting the shit kicked out of him and then he went over in his ankle and then he's still he's the first irish guy that's good at sports that is almost universally hated by the public of Ireland, isn't he? Like, even when Roy Keane was at the height of the Saipan stuff, it was sort of 50-50. A lot of people were like, he was a disgrace, and then the other half were like, no, he's a hero for doing it. But this guy is... And I'm afraid, I'm looking out my window here, man, in case some mafia dudes come and kick the shit out of me or whatever. You know, isn't he in cahoots with the mafia? The Irish Mafia or whatever. But then he was shouting at um, um Your wife is in me DMs. Your bleeding wife is in me DMs, pal. Embarrassing, man. It's like you lost, you broke your ankle. You're a disgrace. Just take it and stop shouting about bullshit. Everyone was going, no, she's not. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? I don't even know who Dustin Poirier is. 
McGregor is an, an, an it's embarrassing as an Irish person to see another Irish person person act like that on like the like UFC is a huge thing now, isn't it? It's, it's bigger than wrestling <laughs> or boxing even. It's a big deal. And to see, so you ain't me fucking DMs, pal. It's like, fucking shut up. It's like when you we were nine or something, you lost the game of soccer. And, you know, they go, hey, hey, we beat you. And you go, hey, yeah, well, your dad lives with another girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, when your mom is ugly or whatever. Yeah, you and me, your wife's in me DMs. I was punching the blade and head off him. And you're like, no, you weren't. I watched it. He was punching the head off you, man. But I suppose if you want to be a top UFC fighter, you probably can't be humble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, But it is embarrassing, isn't it? Like it's an embarrass. It's a kind of. A, I think people are embarrassed for him and of him. Like just fucking retire, man. Isn't he a millionaire? I watched that flight fight with him and Mayweather that time, and that was embarrassing. And Mayweather could have just destroyed him. Like I don't know anything about boxing, but you could tell like Mayweather could easily have destroyed him in in that sport. If it was in UFC, he would have destroyed Mayweather. It was stupid. Oh, fucking embarrassing. And then the other sports um, of the weekend was, of course, England versus it, the Italians. In um, Actually, I used to do a character years ago on Snapchat, would you believe? And uh, people <laughs> used to like him. He was called Don Connor and he was an American living in Chile. He used to just always say, hey. This is Don Connor. Come to you live from Trolley City and from Trolley City in the Kerry County area, and he used to report on uh, soccer games. I I'm watching currently the soccer ball tie between the Itali Blues and the UK Lions. <laughs> it is currently tied at one kick all, one kick each. After an early kicker, an early chipper by the UK Lions landed into the Itali Blues back net. Anyway, I used to do a whole fucking thing. I just remembered him there. But I watched the the match and um, it was good. It was, um, no, I mean, England were awful to watch. Um, and that's not being biased. They were fucking shite. All right, they scored early and that's they, they didn't go on. And then it went on and Italy scored. And at the end, of course, it went to penalties, which is never really fair. But it is fair in this instance. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I wasn't like jumping around the place going, yeah, fuck you, England, you stupid cunts or anything like that. Um, It was more just like you can breathe again, that the world is back on its axis, that... Evil hasn't prevailed, you know what I mean? That's more what it was. It wasn't like a celebration. So you breathe a sigh of relief. It was more like if you get a f- if you've ever gotten a phone call giving you a, an all clear and an STI exam. That's kind of what it was, you know. You don't have gonorrhea. Ah, phew! Thank God. Whew, that would have been a nine if I did. <laughs> That's what England winning uh, any trophy is. It's gonorrhea. It's there. It's not life threatening or anything. It's not fucking 
going to kill you. It's just going to be an annoyance throughout. You're going to remember it throughout your day for the next for the foreseeable future, and it'll go away soon. And that's kind of what it was. You got the all clear for gonorrhea, and when you get the all clear for gonorrhea, you don't fucking go around celebrating, going, "I'm getting pissed because I don't have gonorrhea." Woohoo! You know what I mean? <laughs> It'll ring up people. Hey, guess what, guys? We don't have gonorrhea. Come on, we're gather, gather the lads. We're going out on the piss tonight. I'm, I don't have syphilis. It was more you just go, phew, now I can get on with my life. Um, And then, of course, I mean, it was a good tournament. And I told you, I fucking told you, lads, weeks ago, back Italy, Put the house on Italy, I told you. I said, don't tell your wife or your husband. Put everything on Italy and surprise them with the winnings. And did you fucking do it? Bet you you didn't. Bet you you didn't. I told you there was no risk. I told you they were going to be the tournament champions. And of course then it was awful to see what, like the reaction to the three players missing the penalties. Because you knew three players were, you know, black players. They're going to fucking get some abuse. And they did. It was, it kind of, you know, put a dampener in the celebrations too. Because you don't want to see fucking anyone get racial abuse. Um, And you have a tendency, I don't know, as, as an Irish person, to kind of go, well, that's the fucking English for you. Huh? You know what I mean? Because in a way, when there, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Like, the English football fans and that culture where they have to destroy and smash shit up what is it and it seems to be only the english like they did you see the scenes around wembley they were shoving fucking firecrackers up their holes walking around naked just kicking the shit smashing things up and it's like because there was no one really left into the country there was only a thousand italians there or something the rest was all english that they had no one to beat up only themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, trashing fucking London, breaking into the stadium, rushing in, booing the national anthem. And it's like, if that was, you would be embarrassed. It, it's sort of like Conor McGregor, isn't it? It's like, oh, that's embarrassing that that's what represents us. Like Conor McGregor represents Ireland in that sport. And they represent, the English fans are representing the English on the world stage or whatever. And it's embarrassing. And it's more than embarrassing when they have fucking, they're getting, you know, racist abuse. Now, I'm doing stand-up again next month in August, the 8th. And I'm kind of, I can't wait. But I'm also shitting myself because it'll be my first time doing stand-up in a year and I'll be shite. <laughs> but you can get tickets if you want. It's Class Comedy at Workman's on the 8th of the 8th, 2021. And that's, I don't know if that's assuming that everything's opening. I'm not sure what way it works. I, I, I'm not getting involved with listening to the fucking news about indoor dining and all that. I just can't. So they're going to tell me if it, you, I think you can buy tickets. You'll get a refund if you want. Um, if it doesn't go ahead, but um, yeah, I'm scared about going back to stand up, man. Getting involved in that game again. Am I going to be good enough? Am I past my fucking prime? Am I too old? Is it a young man's game? You know, I've got all that going through my head. Did I miss the boat? Um, and it's just 
it's a lot of grinding, you know. I remember I did a tour of Ireland the year before last, before the pandemic, and it was fun. I did Galway, Cork, Dundrum, where I got fucking heckled by a, an old woman. <laughs> um, that was that was fun, and Belfast was fun. And one place what wasn't fun, Waterford, Waterford, because. I was down there and I was going to be there on a Friday night. Gets the message on the Thursday, Shane, things ain't looking good. We've only sold four tickets. Do you know how embarrassing that is? That's Conor McGregor breaking his ankle. That's England going out in penalties. That's me selling four tickets in Waterford on a Friday night. Do you know how humiliating it was to have to tell Kira, Kira, I sold, I sold four tickets. Four tickets. In Waterford, what else are they fucking doing in Waterford on a Friday night? Nothing. If you can only sell four tickets on Friday night in Waterford, there's nothing else happening there. That means they must be actively fucking avoiding you. Word has got round that you're coming to town. And they're saying, no thank you. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the humili. there's so much humiliation in stand-up comedy just to your own ego and that's not including the stuff where you just go up on stage and you say things that aren't funny that's a big part of it too did I ever tell you about one time right when I started doing stand-up if you when you start you're shit right and I mean you're completely no matter how good you are you're shit I thought I was brilliant but really I was shit and I used to have a bit that I did for a long time because if you get a good bit, you keep on it for a long time, especially at the start when you're so afraid to, you know, you just try, you just keep everything because you've got so little. And I had this bit where I pretended to be an uh, an impressionist. I was like, I'm one of the greatest, I'm the greatest impressionists in Ireland. And I can do an impression of anyone that you want to put your mind, that you ask anyone. I'll do an impression of him right here. That was the bit, right? That was the setup. And I'd say, make it a bit obscure, you know. Don't say Robert De Niro. Everybody shouts out him. And don't say Shakira. Everybody shouts out her. So then they'd all shout out people. And they'd go, Beyonce, someone would shout out Beyonce being a smart ass, you know, a black woman. And i go, and everyone go, ooh. And i go, no, I said I'd do it. And then i turn around as if I'm preparing myself. And then i turn back. And here was kind of the punchline. Actually, you know what? I'll do Robert De Niro. Okay, people would laugh their heads off. So fucking funny. <laughs> and then I'd go do my Robert De Niro face. And I'd go as if I'm about to say something. And the punchline, the big punchline that would get them all rolling in the aisles. Actually, I can't do the voice. Okay. And they would be fucking, I swear to God, knickers have been thrown on the stage to me and everything. Like Tom Jones. Sorry, I can't do the voice. Oh my God, hilarious. <laughs> All right? So I had that bit. That was my signature bit to close my act. And now when I do it there, it sounds terrible. And it really is kind of terrible. I'm embarrassed about it. It's one of those early bits where you're embarrassed. and But it usually it used to get huge laughs every time. I don't think it didn't work once. Whenever I was having it a bad gig, it would come... That was my... I'd pull that out. Um, and then one time I was sitting down at home. Watching the fucking TV. 
Starts getting messages. Shane, turn over. Turn on. Turn on. X Factor. So it says, why is everybody telling me to turn on X Factor? Puts it on. A guy. No, it wasn't X Factor. It was Britain's Got Talent. And there's a guy on stage. And he's going like this. I'll do an impression of Robert De Niro. Turns around. Comes back with the Robert De Niro face. And goes, sorry, I can't do the voice. Big laugh. Simon Cowell stands up. Stand in ovation. I swear to God, man. I could not believe my eyes. This fucker was doing my joke on Britain's Got Talent semi-final. There's a chance that he came up with it himself. Like, because, I'll tell you this. I had a bit one time, and this was it. Uh, People's number one fear is public speaking. Did you know that? You know what number two is? Death. That's right. Number one, public speaking. Number two, death. That means when a prisoner gives his last words, he sits down on the electric chair and he goes, Phew, thank God that's over. All right, that was my bit. That was my joke. And then one night I was going through my phone and I typed in Seinfeld, all right? And Jerry Seinfeld has a fucking bit that goes almost exactly the same from 20 years ago, where he goes, number two public speaking is uh, the number two fear, number one fear, number two death. That means people prefer to be in the coffin than given the eulogy. All right. <laughs> the same fucking joke. Subconsciously, I must have seen it years ago, but I can't remember seeing it. But anyway, I kind of wrote a Jerry Seinfeld joke that was exactly the same as his. I'm kind of proud, even if I did subconsciously rip up, rip him off. But this one with the Robert De Niro impression was just too close to home. I had people messaging me saying this guy stole it, you know. And I was like, I don't know, because he's from Wales and he's in his 50s. But then I found out through some sources that he was in Cork one weekend. And guess where I was that weekend? Performing in Cork. So, and I'm not accusing this dude, but I am. (laughs) I've taken my joke from three years ago and getting... That should be my fucking standing ovation from Simon Cowell. That should be me up there. <laughs> but I suppose if a guy in the Britain's Got Talent semi-final <laughs> is ripping off your jokes and they're getting laughs in Britain's Got Talent, maybe it's time to come up with some new material. So I did. Anyway, I don't know why I told you that story. It just came to me there. But that is the one of the people who has appeared on my list of people I hate and hope die horrible deaths (laughs) that is the guy who stole my shitty joke and made it to the X Factor final the lady at the dole queue who told me to eat beans and toast and espresso martinis just espresso martinis because that's how sick I was after espresso martinis you know in uh, the Simpsons when what's the name of the bear I can't remember the fucking bear in The Simpsons. The teddy bear. Mr. Burns' teddy bear. But remember Hitler had him. And it showed Hitler at the end of World War II with the bunker and the Russian bombs falling. And he (laughs) shook his fist at the bear. (laughs) And went, this is all your fault. That is how I felt about espresso martinis this week. I, I shook my fist at them. Espresso martinis. You can't. 
Anyway, listen, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. You can follow me online and Instagram at Brilliant Shane, Twitter at Brilliant Shane. I'm trying to get to 9,000 followers. I've, I've hit a wall. <laughs> we were growing there. I grew about 200 followers in the last week or two. And, but I need more, man. I need more. I need to go out on the streets. I need to put up signs. I need to be like these fucking electioneering bastards. Um, and I need to knock on doors. And I want you to tell your mothers to fucking follow me because I'm big now on, on uh, homesandgardens.net. Also, this program I forgot to mention was sponsored by Biscuits. Not any particular biscuits, all just just, just biscuits. <laughs> just biscuits in general, it's sponsored by. So a uh, big shout out to them. And uh, you can sign up to the Patreon. I do an extra pod a week on there and you can just have the, uh, you know, you can just help me out man you can support the program patreon.com forward slash shane's brilliant podcast and until next week my friends i will talk to you then shane uh cheers nice one thanks and have knob. Mm-hmm.